As Philip has said, we're in our third week of the captivating character of Christ. And it's a series that is calling us to look and meditate on who Jesus is, how we see him in the Gospels, and how then we are called to be people who then want to follow him. And two weeks ago, Abby kicked it off by looking at the Gospel of Luke. And she talks about Jesus as a human. And last week, Philip had talked about um, talked from the Gospel of John and about Jesus as God. And today I want to look at the Gospel of Mark and look at verses in particular 9, 30 to 37 and look at Jesus as a servant. But I think it's really helpful if we have a quick overview of who Mark is and who this Gospel was written to. See, Mark, his mum was called Mary, not Jesus' mum, and they lived in Jerusalem. And in Acts 12, we see them. They've opened their homes to the Christians in Jerusalem to come and to pray and to be a community of people, to come together. And it was in their home that Peter went to after he escaped from prison in that miraculous moment where the angels freed him. And then in chapter 12, Mark gets this invitation to go with um, Paul and Barnabas on this first missionary journey. And he goes and halfway through though, something happens. We don't know what happened, but he decides he no longer wants to do this. And he leaves and just goes home. And Paul and Barnabas carry on this journey. And when they eventually come home, they decide they need to go back and to see the churches again. And Barnabas wants to bring Mark along again with him. He wants to take him along, but Paul doesn't want anything to do with him. And says he cannot come, he cannot be a part of this anymore. And he kicks him out. And they have this massive argument, Paul and Barnabas. And they eventually, Barnabas and Paul can no longer work together. And Barnabas says, I want to do a missionary journey. And he takes Mark away on a separate one. And because Acts concentrates a lot on what Paul does and his mission journey, we know very little of what happens. But what we do know is that Mark does begin to rise to prominence. You know, this fact that poor Barnabas has drawn alongside him to support him and care for him, it helps him. And he ends up sitting down with the Apostle Peter and he's writing this gospel from all the eyewitness accounts of what Peter has. And he's writing it down for us. And he wrote the letter to the Romans because he wants to prove to them that Jesus is the Messiah and to encourage them to commit their lives to him and to follow him. And in doing so, he takes us on this journey that begins with him declaring who Jesus is in chapter 1, verse 1. He says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Then he takes us on this journey of 16 chapters and he leaves us at the empty tomb. And then it's up to us to make that decision. Do we choose to follow Jesus or will we walk away and reject him? And within this story, there are two stories running side by side that I found. And one which allows us to see Jesus as a servant and the servant-heartedness of Jesus. And we see Jesus traveling throughout Galilee and sharing the good news with everyone he meets. And he's not interested in staying in those places where the crowds are, where the fame is. But no, he wants to go to those places where no one wants to go, where the people are hated, where no one cares for these people. He wants to go to those places where people have been forgotten because he wants to reach out to them. And John 6, 38 tells us why. He came down from heaven, it says, not to do his will, but the will of the one who sent him. And he's willing to take on this role of a servant for the sake of us, for the sake of the lost. And the second part of this story that runs alongside this is the disciples who then choose to follow Jesus and begin to live this life of a servanthood out. Um, And in the first eight chapters... We witness disciples' journey as they follow Jesus around Galilee. 
And they experience these incredible moments of healing where they witness these crowds flocking to Jesus. And they see that Jesus has authority over absolutely everything. And there's this buzz and this energy and the disciples seem to be loving it. But halfway through chapter 8, the journey begins to change. And they start to head towards Jerusalem and they start to head towards the cross. And Jesus begins to tell them all about he's going to go, all that he's going to go through. All that he's going to suffer and why he has come. So I'm just going to quickly read Mark 9, 30 to 37. They went on from there and began to go through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know it because he was teaching his disciples. And he told them the son of man is to be betrayed and handed over to men and they will kill him. And when he has been killed, he will rise again three days later. But they did not understand this statement and they were afraid to ask him. They arrived at Capernaum. And then when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing and arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the road, they discussed and debated with one another who was the greatest. And sitting down, he called the 12 and said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. Taking a child, he set him before them and taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives and welcomes one child such as this in my name receives me and whoever receives me, not only me, but him who sent me. Amen. If we go back quickly, one chapter in chapter eight, Jesus asks Peter this question. He says, who do you think I am? And Peter replies to him, you are the Messiah. And he was right. He was correct that Jesus was the Messiah. But his whole understanding of what that really looked like was completely wrong. See, Peter and the disciples, they decide a Messiah. But one who would not suffer, one who was not going to be killed, one who was not going to be rejected. They wanted a Messiah who was going to lead them in their fight against the Romans. That was going to bring freedom back to them. They were looking for this David-like ruler. And in chapter 9, Jesus is trying to show them what this Messiah really is. He begins speaking to them about the necessity of rejection, about suffering and death, and the need to surrender your life and give it up to others. Jesus says to them, the Son of Man is to be betrayed. He's going to be handed over to men, and they will kill him. And he, when he has been killed, he will rise again three days later. But they didn't understand, and they didn't want to understand either. The disciples believed that by following Jesus, they will gain power, they will gain fame and status. Basically, what is in this for me? What is in this journey? What can I get from this journey? And we see this attitude coming out in verses 33 and 34 of chapter 9. As they made their way to Capernaum, it says, they were arguing amongst themselves about who is the greatest. You've got to have a bit of sympathy for them, though, because they would, no one told them that this Messiah, when he would come, he would have to suffer and he would have to die. So their teaching is completely different to what they've been, just been told by Jesus. But if we look at verses 33 and 34, we see that something has changed in them. They are not keen on what Jesus is trying to teach them. And what has happened is that they began to move away from Jesus. Jesus is up here and they have began to step away from him. This whole conversation about who is the greatest, it happened away from Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to hear it. They're following Jesus, but now they are following him at a bit of a distance. There are opportunities, though, for them to go to Jesus, to stand next to him, and to bring these questions up to him and to ask him these things, but they didn't want to. They chose to move away from him. 
And the only thing they were interested in at this point was rank and standing. They were not interested in all that, what it meant to be a servant, what it meant to pick up your cross and to follow him. This week I had a, an experience of moving away from Jesus myself. I went for a walk, I went to spend a little bit of time with God and discern what this requires of me, what it requires of me to be a servant to all. And it was going well and I was telling God, yes God, I want to be your servant, I want to follow you, I want to go wherever you want to go. Now we've been looking for a place to move as a family because of this curacy we're in and we have to move. Um, and suddenly I got a WhatsApp message. And never take your phone if you're having a quiet time. Um, never. And it was from this estate agent who I've been inquiring about a place where we could maybe move to. But his message was rude, his message was personal, and it was demanding. And suddenly, I ended up getting into this argument with him. I didn't even know his name. I'd never met him before, but now we were messaging one another back and forth. It was just ridiculous. And Jesus has kind of moved. He's ahead, and I have dropped off very quickly. And I don't care what it is to be a servant anymore. And this argument went on for literally about five minutes, going back and forth. And it eventually ended with me telling him that he couldn't do his job properly, and he needed to. Um, uh, and, and then he started typing back, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to teach him a real lesson. I'm going to block him. So, I then, so then I blocked him before he could send his message, and I thought, yes, I've, I've won this. And then it was like, let's catch up to Jesus again. Let's get back into this quiet time. Um, and just like with the disciples where they had that moment, and Jesus turns to him and says, well, what was that about? What was going on there? I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. And what I learned, though, is that we've got to stay close to Jesus. It's so easy to begin to drop off of him and move away from him. And we have to draw alongside him and not follow him at a distance. And there will be times when we read things in his word. There will be times when we don't agree with things. And it's so important at those moments that we don't step away from him, but we step closer to him. And we ask him these questions. Because when we move away from him, we begin to distance ourselves from him. And other things take over our lives, other thoughts, other voices, other opinions. But Jesus knew this was happening. And this is what I love. He knew what was going on. He knew what was in their hearts. And he's trying to draw them back to him. He's waiting for them. And he's trying to help them understand that greatness is about service to others. And I love these next six words. It says, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve. He sat down and he called the 12 to him because he wanted to teach them. And that what it means to be a servant of all. And if we are following Jesus, we need to be willing to draw alongside him. We need to be willing to sit down with him, to spend time with him and to listen to him and allow him to teach us. And we need to be prepared to have our ways, our understanding taken apart and be shown a new way. And what his way is, what a servant really is. And to help us try and understand this, Jesus uses this aid about children. And he says in verse 37, Who welcomes, whoever welcomes one of these children welcomes me, but not just me, but the one who sent me. Jesus took something that was insignificant. In those days, children were regarded as insignificant. With no status, no prestige. And he says, this is what you need to do. You need to welcome these in my name. And he's implying them that by following him, it's not about financial gain. It's not about status. It's not about fame. These things are not important. What is important is that we welcome and embrace everyone. Those at the very top of our society, but also those at the very, very bottom. Those who are regarded as unimportant. 
And that is what it means to serve everyone. And when you read the first chapter of these verses, the first eight chapters, you see Jesus living this out daily, all the time. I encourage you to go away and read it. So we need to stay close to Jesus so he can teach us how to do this. But it's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy. And sometimes it takes us a lot longer to learn these things than we might like. And it's in this gospel, we can see this being played out. Jesus said, he said, whoever receives one of these children receives me. And 20 verses later, the disciples have this opportunity to put into place what Jesus has been teaching them. And in chapter 10, verse 13, the people are bringing children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and for him to bless them. And what you hope is this next line will say, and the disciples were overjoyed. And they volunteered to ensure that every single child got to Jesus and every single child received a blessing. And that's what you're hoping for. But instead it says this. It says the disciples rebuked them and tried to stop them from getting to Jesus. He's just like, God, no. Um, I get this picture of these children skipping to Jesus, arms out wide, Jesus, arms out wide. And just there is about to get there, Jesus picking it, um, the disciples, sorry, picking them up and just launching them out into the distance. Never wanted to do that to children. (laughs) But as I reflected on this though, I realized that so often I'm just like them and I'm just as stubborn and it takes me so long sometimes to get things. See, the disciples were still focused on power and prestige. And we know this because in chapter 10, 35 to 41, the disciples are arguing again over who is the greatest. And this time, who can sit on the left and on the right of Jesus? James and John approach Jesus privately And they ask him, can we sit on your left and can we sit on your right? These places of honor, we want this fame, we want this fortune. And when the rest of the disciples found out, it all kicked off. And they start arguing with one another again because they all want this same position. So what do we do? You know, I believe if we carry on reading chapter 10, we can get an answer that can help us. We find our response in the second answer to Jesus' question. You see, to James and John, he asked this question to them when they come up to him and ask for these positions. He says, what do you want me to do for you today? And their reply was this. Their reply was, can we have this place of honor? Can we sit on your left? Can we sit on your right? This is what we want you to do for us. However, in the, the next story down in verses 46 to 52 of the same chapter, Jesus performs his final miracle. And it's on a blind man. And he asked this blind man the same question. He says to him, what can I do for you? And the blind man's reply was so different to them. He says, I want to see. I want to see so I can follow you. And that's what he asked for. Like this blind man in his time of need, it's good and we need to be asking God for our provision. You know, when we are sick, we need to be asking God for healing. And when we are struggling and fearful, we need to be asking for his help and his peace. These things are important. And we see this in the Gospels in the first eight chapters. Jesus reaching out and touching those who are calling out to him. And he will do the same for us. But like the blind man, we also need to be asking God to open our eyes so we can follow him more closely. To see why he had to go to this cross. To understand what it means to be a servant of all. And to understand what it means that whenever, when, when he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and must follow me. Mark's underlining theme 
well, one of them, sorry, throughout these chapters is of following Jesus, of staying close to him, of sitting with him and allowing him to open our eyes so that we can follow him more closely and learn what it means to be a servant. So I just want to encourage you today that if you have withdrawn from Jesus to know that he is waiting for you to draw alongside him again today. You know, if there's questions you're struggling with, that's fine. Just take them to him. And then sit down with him and allow him to teach you. Spend time with him. Spend time in his word. And just allow him to teach you. And then allow our own understandings to be changed. Ask him to open your eyes so that we can understand what it means to follow him more closely today. I'm just going to close with a prayer. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, that you are waiting for us. Help us to draw alongside you today. For those who are struggling with that, God, will you remind them of your love for them today? And God, thank you that you want to teach us. And just for all of us who have different questions, God, will you speak to us and answer those questions? And Father God, will you open our eyes so we will may know more and more what it is to follow you today. In your name, amen.